Hello everybody, it's G from The F Word here. This is a little bit different um, because my computer decided to delete the live show we had that myself, Nick, and Anthony did last night because they weren't able to do it today. Friday is usually when we record, um, but they had a previous engagement and it is now Friday but we did it yesterday, which was Thursday, to release Saturday. And my computer decided to delete it all, the whole thing, which really sucked because it was a solid, solid episode. Really good topics. Um, so to kind of make lemonade out of these lemons or whatever, something like that. I don't know what you'd like to call it. I'm going to be doing this on my own. And usually I don't like doing that because I like having, you know, some back and forth, but I couldn't find anybody in short notice. Uh, plus I do have a day job that I have to try to schedule around. So I found a brief period of time now that I can get something out so I can at least have something out for you guys for Saturday for the listeners that are out there. Um, yeah, really shitty morning when I found that and could not recover it did every recovery possible that I could find, but it just does not exist. And I'm also partly to blame because, um, I don't know. I should have just saved it last night, but I don't know what I was thinking. So when, uh, shit goes down, you just got to roll with it and deal with it the best that you can. And this might be a little bit of a cathartic moment, something that I could just, just let out and release for all of you. So the topics we talked about on our live show, and if you haven't had a chance to do it, it's still on for another, uh, I would say six hours on entertain facts on Instagram. Uh, so if you want to go over there and watch the three of us, um, we'll talk about everything that we talked about and the topics at hand, same thing that I'll be talking today, but you'll just be getting my perspective and I'll try to fill in what, what the guys were generally thinking of. It's not going to be as free formed as it was. It may not have the dynamic that it has because again, I'm just by myself and you may just get tired of uh, listening to my voice for a while. So it also won't be too long of an episode, but anyways, Thank you all for joining. Thank you all for listening. This is going to be me and my thoughts deep dive episode just by myself. As I said, um, everybody uh, from Spotify to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, all of you people, um, thank you so much. I've been noticing the numbers, which I usually don't do, and they've been growing, and I really appreciate it because, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, just in terms of scheduling, and if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, you know, there's a lot involved that sometimes we don't think about. I sure as shit didn't think about it when I started or when we started this whole thing. So right off the bat, Oscars. So me, Nick, and Anthony were talking about Oscars. Oscars did a couple different things. And one of the different things that they did, or the biggest thing that they did, which is quite controversial with a lot of people, is that they are adding a popular film category, which is essentially for the superhero movies. That's pretty much what it's for. Why? Because the Oscars have had diminishing returns in the sense that they just don't have the viewership that they had before. People don't care as much as they did before. Yes, the Oscars do have a bit of a a snobby thing. There's an air about them, for sure, because it's always been about the art form, and it's for the auteurs, and, and auteurs, sorry, and it's also movies that most people don't get a chance to see. Um, they only release them for a limited time, a lot of times at festivals, sometimes for a short, limited run, and then they have their big Oscar push, uh, around October-ish, somewhere around September, October-ish. They run it for a few weeks, few months, and to get their Oscar consideration, it's a lot of money that goes into it. But now they're looking at doing a popular film category, which means movies like Infinity War, Black Panther, those movies can be on there. Um, where I stand, uh, where Nick stands, and where Anthony stands. Anthony is younger than us so there's about a 10 year difference between all of us i'm turning 30 so kind of gives you an idea of where he's at he's almost 20 and he likes it he likes the fact that you know what if one of my movies that i adore and that i appreciate that i like that i've been following for a long time is getting an oscar nomination then i'm on board nicks of the mind where it seems like it might bring the Oscars down a bit, but he also was bringing up stuff like, again, no one really pays attention too much to the Oscars. I pay attention to the Oscars the most. Um, I have been at l more closely for the past five years, but, you know, throughout my life, I've always watched it. I do not like this. I am also somebody that does not believe in participation trophies. I believe that this move is a lazy attempt to try to bring viewers in, to try to appease the people that are harping on Oscars. Be like, hey, 
We've listened to you. You guys have complained so many years. We're doing something about it. I think there could have been a better way they could have done this because this is a participation trophy. And I'm not saying that a lot of these movies that have come out don't deserve it. There's been some a lot of great movies. Last year in particular, Logan should have been considered. And the reason I believe Logan didn't get considered for as many as it should have is because it is a superhero movie. Instead of the Oscars creating a participation trophy in the popular films category, they should have just worked on the fact that, listen, there are a lot of talented people behind a lot of movies that aren't your typical dramas or movies that touch on race or movies that touch on sexuality or anything like that. Like, I was a huge fan of Dallas Buyers Club, um, and that was an Oscar bait movie. It's not a bad thing to say that it is. Um, anytime Daniel Day-Lewis shows up, he's going to get an Oscar and his movies are really really good the ones that he's in he picks them properly he aligns himself with the right people that's why he is so good and he wins almost all the time but it doesn't mean that we need to have a popular films category i mean wonder woman was great but i didn't think it deserved anything more than a best adapted screenplay i do believe that hugh jackman should have gotten an oscar nod or patrick stewart um a supporting uh, actor nod for Logan because that movie was just a really, really, really good movie. And until the Oscars look at these other films from the comedy genre, from horror, from even like the superhero movies, and they really look at them and look at the talent that's there and decide accordingly based on that, the problem will not be resolved. They look at comedies as just comedies. They shouldn't be put in the upper echelon with some of our dramatic givings that we have at the Oscars and all that of crap. I mean, you know, I, I that's the part of the Oscars that definitely doesn't resonate with the general public, I don't think. But for and 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 as I'm saying that, I'm still like, I don't want it because I don't want it watered down either. In its snobbiness, it remains pure. It's something that I've said. I've spoken to a few people about it. Um, one, uh, one gentleman, he was on the show. We did a deep dive on directors. Jim Demery was saying that it's very MTV for him, uh, or it feels a little MTV for him. The other one that I read, it was a stream that someone had sent by the name of Greg Moore from Justin and Greg Show. So if you guys get a chance, take a look at the Justin and Greg Show. Those guys do so many cool things. They are kind of leaders in not just content creating, but bringing the world of content creating and the creators kind of together, um, which is really cool. And Greg in particular and I did an episode called A Map to Nowhere. So if you want to go back, it's deep dive, I think number four. But when I was talking to them, um, oh, and also another gentleman by the name of Hennick, who was also in the director uh, deep dive. So most of what we're seeing here, most of what the guys are saying is that they're not fans of it. Um, they're not, you know, Greg mentioned uh, watching This Is The End share the stage with, with There Will Be Blood. You know, if that's something that could have ever happened, it's it's it diminishes the trophy itself. Um, what does it say? Hennick was mentioning. I don't uh, what. Did, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Hennick, it's just a ploy to get popular movies that wouldn't be nominated into the show. I think it ruins the snobbiness of the Oscars, which is one of my favorite parts. And I thought that was really funny. Like, I'm like, yeah, it is snobby, but it's it's for an upper level for other movies that aren't superhero movies. Uh, backstory on myself. I like superhero movies. They are not in my top 10. At least I don't remember ever putting a superhero movie in my top 10. Even The Dark Knight. I grew up in the 90s and I had those types of movies. I went back to movies from the 80s and then some of the early 2000s stuff. Um, so that's where that's what their stance is on a lot of that stuff. Um, people, Greg was mentioning, uh, people need to realize when, when they embrace this. Sure, it makes me pump, but I'll now have seen 12% of the movies being nominated. So... In regards to the nominations that are up there from what he was reading, it is more of a case of, okay, well, at least I've seen the majority of the movies that are out there as opposed to when I go into the Oscars and I haven't seen almost 
any of them or very few of them. And so even if you are, if you're at an Oscar party, you're doing an Oscar pool, pool like I was a part of with Jim and Hendrick and Hennick, sorry. Uh, it was cool because I had seen a lot of those movies and I do still try to see as many as I can because like I said, I got into the superhero thing, you know, at a time where I'd already seen a lot of movies. Uh, and that's why I enjoy the hell out of them. I'm not going to lie. We talk about them all the time on the show. It's the most popular thing right now. However, I do also believe that the superhero bubble is about to burst after or shortly after Avengers 4. Could be a couple of years or so. I don't think this acquisition of the X-Men to Disney is really going to make that much of an impact right away. It's a really cool idea. Um, until we see a movie happen... I don't think it's going to be anything like what the MCU's done because they've pretty much cornered the superhero market bubble. And again, it will burst after Avengers 4 because the MCU, as everyone brings up, is essentially a TV show that we've all been following for 10 years. Uh, well, 11 years as of next year. And its conclusion will come. And most of our characters, our beloved characters, will be gone. And it will not be the same thing. We won't be having such a big overarching story to follow as you do in a TV series. So that's one thing to consider. So with this popular film category, once that superhero bubble bursts, I don't think there's going to be much left for that category anyways. Also, I do feel bad for anybody that does win that category because... They're probably going to shove it in the middle of the show just to do it, or even in the beginning, who knows. And all the other snooty, you know, people that are, you know, the, the artists that are looking at the dramas and they're touching on themes that are going on in our world and everything, the Oscar bait movies will just look down on them and be like, well, that's cute, you know, but they'll be pissed off because they also have one and they share the same space, just like Suicide Squad. Yes, people, Suicide Squad does have an Oscar now, not for the movie or any particular actor, but it is for costume design, if I remember correctly. And that even shocked the world because you look at Suicide Squad, I didn't care for it much, not a lot of people did, and it's an Oscar-winning film. It's just, just what it is. This is the reality of it. So, yeah, yeah, that's my sound I make when I'm like kind of not on the fence, but kind of, I, I don't know what the future is going to hold for the Oscars for that. I get that they're trying to do something, but at the same time, it may just not be the right thing to do. I do, however, like the fact that they are changing the format. So we got our show going on. We give out some awards. Then we cut to commercials. We come back. We do some more awards, some performances, commercials. Well, what they're looking at doing now is keeping it at around that three-hour mark, which is still a long time. But in the commercials, while the rest of the world is watching commercials, the people that are there live will be viewing other people, and they will, sorry, not viewing, they'll be giving out awards at that time. Probably for, not the lower categories, because I don't believe there are lower categories, but the categories that most people don't really consider. Um, again, and it could very well be for something like a costume design. It could very well be for best song, maybe. There are a lot of different categories in the Oscars, and they do do a lot of them behind the scenes that you don't hear of. And so I think they might do that. Best short documentary, maybe. I mean, Kobe Bryant won his last year, and they didn't necessarily need to show it. Um, they might throw that one into the commercial pile and go from there. I'm just going to say, uh, take a sip of my coffee. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, which I get that they're trying to make better. I get that they're trying to make the program better because, you know, to have the to not have the Oscars would definitely be a blow to the film world. Even, you know, and I'm not saying not have the Oscars, like don't give them out anymore. It's, you know, they just do it all behind the scenes and no one gets to see it. There is still that that thing about the Oscars that still draws people in. It has always drawn me in. And even though that I don't agree with some of their picks, but that's just the way that it goes. People like things other more than others. People like things less than others. And they just need to refocus and not look at what the general public likes, but really pick the movies a little bit better and really consider all the other genres that are available to them because I could look at, you know, something like A Quiet Place and... Do I give it a best director nod to John Krasinski? Maybe. I thought it was very well directed. I enjoyed the hell out of the movie. And horror has been making a great 
great comeback. Like 100% it's making a comeback. Um, again, comedy is a little bit tougher. It is subjective. So I can understand that. Uh, any, again, going back to superhero movies, the dark Knight, like Joker's performance in the dark Knight uh, and the dark Knight movie was in my mind, in my opinion, even though it's not my favorite superhero movie of all time, it is the one that deserved it. It is the one that deserved it, not just because he died. And a lot of people say that, which I think is kind of shitty, but it is the one that deserved the win. Heath Ledger deserved the win on that one because it was a great movie. It went out to create a great movie, not a great superhero movie. There is a difference. Whereas the other ones, you know, let's say Infinity War is in there, not for popular uh, film category, but best adapted screenplay, possibly. You know, uh, Wonder Woman, I believe, should have gotten a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination. That's where superhero films can really shine because they're adapted from an original source. But if you look at some of the performances, it needs to be based on the categories that the Oscars have. And because it's judged by a big group of people, it's not just, you know, 20 old white men in a room picking stuff, even though it's not that far off. It is a big pool of of um of nominations that people go through and there's a lot of people that do vote on this stuff so that's my stuff on the oscars let me know what your guys thoughts are uh you can always tweet me at the uh, f words g on twitter and let me know do you like this oscar thing do you hate it i kind of consider it is or the way i'm seeing it now is almost the divide between the purists and the fanboys in, in a way uh maybe not fanboys but you know the people that are looking at you know, seeing their things being recognized the way that they feel they need to be recognized. I always have a big battle with people in regards to hip hop. I'm a huge fan of hip hop, but I am not a fan of the hip hop of now. Um, and I get into clashes with people because I tell them I consider, you know, um, who can I say? even earlier than Eminem, like a, a KRS-One, Wu-Tang Clan, all those heavy hitters from back in the day are miles and miles ahead of your Travis Scott's, your YG's, your, um, oh God, don't even get me started on what's the, the, the anyway, any mumble rap type of stuff and there's this new age of hip-hop so i'm more of the purist in that aspect and i know a lot of people i get into arguments conversations debates so on and so forth on how they feel that this is very forward in the way that music is going and i'm not going to deny that i it's just not for me so it could just be a case of the way the oscars are going it's just not for you and it's i don't know it's just the way the world works. Not everything's for everybody, and they're never going to make everybody happy. It's not going to happen. We need to we need to stop wanting people to make us happy and just figure out what works. And sometimes it just takes trial and error. They could just do this once, get rid of it altogether, or they just give the popular film category on the side like some of the other ones after they try showcasing it on TV. I don't know. That's That's my little quick thought, a.k.a. long thought almost 15 minute thought on these new Oscar stuff. Not a huge fan of them. I do believe it waters it down a bit. I do understand where they're coming from, but it's maybe just not the right way. Just look at the damn movies as movies instead of, you know, particular like individual genres and criticizing them based on what genre they fit themselves in. Cause that's just, that's just not cool. That's just not cool. Moving on. Sip of my coffee. Ah, if I don't do that, maybe you don't know what it is. Um, this one was one that got not heated, but it was a really good debate specifically between myself and Nick, um, regarding a few things. Uh, the James Gunn news has been the big, like a really big news for the past few weeks. We talked about it on the show originally. I think it's a witch hunt and I think it's BS. I get that Disney's doing a PR move and, and I do get that the tweets aren't that they're, they're not good tweets. But my argument's always been, well, if you've ever laughed at a joke from Jim Jeffries, Bo Burham, if you've ever laughed at a, like, a family guy joke, and family guy goes off the rails. In my opinion, family guy said way worse things than James Gunn tweeted 10 years ago. And so, for all those who don't know, who's been living under a rock, um, Disney fires him for those tweets that had resurfaced after 10 years, and now he's not doing Guardians 3. So... That's kind of the, that everything in a nutshell. Uh, new developments coming up. Dave Batista has been right by his side. He said that if they don't even if they don't use James Gunn's script for Guardians Three, he's gonna quit. 
And we also have now news that Marvel is talking to Disney because Marvel's under Disney. Disney's the head honcho, but it was Disney that fired James Gunn, not Marvel. Okay, there's a there's a difference there. So Marvel's looking at maybe bringing James Gunn in for another movie. Who knows? Now there's also talks of DC bringing um, James Gunn in for a potential Booster Gold movie, which I don't know much about Booster Gold. You may know may may know more than me. But what I briefly read, and I got this report from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, Booster Gold is a character who has been trying to be seen in the same breath as Superman and Batman, tries a bunch of things, and some of it doesn't work out, and so he's a conflicted character, which I think might be really good for James Gunn, especially now going through through what he went through. Um, again, I already said what I said about James Gunn. I think it is a witch hunt. I understand the PR move. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I get it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Let's not forget, Robert Downey Jr., was in prison. Yes, he did his time. I'm not saying he didn't do his time, and I'm not saying we look at him in the same light. I'm saying that someone going to prison and having done, physically done things, um, you know, and for RDJ, it was uh, it was drugs, and James Gunn just tweeting things, which people tweet things all the fucking time. People tweet things all the time. And this was 10 years ago before anybody knew who James Gunn was. I didn't know who James Gunn was. Or I might have seen, I've seen one of his movies. I just didn't know he was the director. Then he gets on the Guardians and everybody knows who he is. Everybody loves the Guardians. Anthony's not a fan of number two, but it still has a fan base. And the Guardians are still uh, some of uh, people's favorite movies in the MCU. But they fired him like that. I'm going to make a snap sound like that, and they didn't do anything with RDJ, nor would they dare, because RDJ is at the top. A lot of people say if it wasn't Jon Favreau and Robert Downey Jr., we wouldn't have an MCU. Obviously, Kevin Feige's in there. They are the holy trinity that brought us the MCU. Everybody loves Robert Downey Jr. I love Robert Downey Jr., and I'm just saying that, you know, no no one's talking about it, and everyone's going on this witch hunt on James Gunn. And it's not fair because if you've ever laughed at anything like that tweet, even if you laughed at that tweet, you're complicit. You have that dark, weird, messed up sense of humor that you find it funny. Doesn't mean that has to be right. Most of the comedy that we watch, real comedy or really messed up comedy. Yeah, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It's there for shock value. Um, Dave Bautista had said he would quit. Uh, you were make himself get fired, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm going to Nick. Uh, Anthony's take was that Dave Batista doesn't really matter in the grand sco- uh, scheme of things because who is Dave Batista? And you know what? I get that. If you were to put Dave Batista versus Robert Downey Jr., if Robert Downey Jr. said, if we don't use James Gunn's script or, bring, script or bring him back, I'm done, that would probably be a bigger deal than what Dave Batista's doing now. Uh, Nick was mentioning how during his run at the WWE, when they were propping up John Cena, Dave Batista was wanting his just due, and because he wasn't getting it, he also made similar threats. So on the one hand, from Nick's perspective, which I totally get, is he sees him, because he's seen this before, it's like, well, you just want what you want, and if you're not going to get it, you're going to take your ball and go home or pout or quit. And I get that 100%, and I can understand where he's coming from. Me, I look at it, look at it as a loyalty thing. So... Yes, I get what they're saying, but I look at it as he's loyal enough to pretty much cash in his golden ticket for someone he considers very close. If you remember or if you've seen uh, tweets or interviews with Dave Batista, he weeped. He cried when he got the job as Drax. And he's been in other movies because of it. And if it wasn't for James Gunn giving him that opportunity, he would, wouldn't be able to be where he is right now. I've joked about Drax on certain reviews. I thought I feel that they've kind of taken the destroyer part away from him and he's just a joking guy. Doesn't mean I don't laugh my ass off anytime he's ever on screen or he does something. I think he's hilarious. His comedic timing for what his character is is perfect. And the evolution of his character's humor from being somebody that didn't even know what the finger across the throat meant to now kind of, you know, doing his own joking thing, his evolution of humor is really great. And I just see it as that. Somebody that is is really cares for James Gunn and he's going to be there and he's going to put himself on the line to be there for James Gunn. Um, and Anthony's argument was 
Drax isn't, or uh, Dave Bautista's character isn't a Chris Pratt, um, or even a Groot, or a Rocket, who some people consider more. Like, Star-Lord is kind of the leader of the group, we'll put it that way. My argument to that is, without each of them, they are not the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think you can put just anybody in there. There's a chemistry that has been built. There's a chemistry that's there. And there's been enough movies right now that it would be really weird. They changed uh, from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle for War Machine. It was one movie from the first one to the second one. Yes, it was extremely noticeable. But now Don Cheadle's been War Machine since. And people forget about Terrence Howard sometimes. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was not the Hulk when they started out. It was Edward Norton. And again, that was one movie you know, a one movie change and they were able to, to stay the course. This is two guardians movies and infinity war plus infinity war part two where, and then if they change it now, it would be really weird. That's when it would be weird. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big, big fan of loyalty in every sense of the word. Dave Batista sounds like he's a guy that's coming from a place where if it wasn't for James Gunn, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And it's it's like somebody that I am, again, going to cash in my golden ticket. I will sacrifice what I need to because that's how I'm going to I'm going to have his back. Um, he mentioned, you know, Chris Pratt, who we all know is religious. And whether you are religious or not, doesn't matter. Chris Pratt's uh, thing was he's going to pray for him. And I know a lot of people that that's their thing. They're going to they're going to deal with what they need to deal with the way they want to deal with it. And Dave Batista essentially was like, you know what? He's going to pray about it. I'm going to say and do something about it. Um, Nick mentioned that he ultimatums are never a good thing. And I agree with him. They're never a good thing. But I'm also a huge fan of ultimatums. And if it works well, which most of the time it doesn't. So I'm not I'm not saying that ultimatums are a good thing. But in this case, it's again, it's just more of a show of loyalty and because I'm a big fan of that, if it came down to it, like Nick and I have been friends for almost 20 years now, if it was something between somebody else or Nick, I'm giving that opt- up, uh, ultimatum. I will lay lay it down for Nick and for a very select few friends of mine because that's how I know how to show it. And I will die on that sword to make sure that I'm there for my friend, for my colleague, for whoever, uh, if, if they deserve it. So... I, I mean, I get both sides, and again, when you get both sides, just because you don't agree with it, doesn't mean you can't understand it, and you can't be like, all right, I feel you, I get where you're coming from, I get where Nick's coming from, and again, ultimatums never work for anybody, especially in the long run, short term, you might get something out of it, in long term, it may not, and Dave Batista could be at risk, Nick mentioned it could look bad on him for other directors or other studios that are, well, he was causing all this, he was making all this noise because of this. Is this somebody that we really want to to work with? Um, because studios have those options now. And Dave Batista, yes, is a household name, not just for wrestling fans, but now for movie fans. But it, it may not bode well for him later, and that's where I get where Nick's coming from, which is something I don't know if I was able to articulate properly in yesterday's recording of the show, uh, which, again, like I said, you can check out still for the next seven and a half hours um, on Instagram at EntertainFacts. Um, I get both sides, but again, I will always steer to the side of loyalty. And again, do not cast the first stone. Nobody can. And especially when we look at some of our, the people that we look at, the movie stars and everything like that. And again, going back to RDJ, somebody did something. Yes, he paid the price for it. Uh, James Gunn, again, this was 10 years ago. Come on, people. We've heard worse. We've seen worse. Yes, it was out there. It was his brand of comedy at the time. But people grow. And this witch hunt and social justice warriors that are out there looking for their own 15 minutes of fame, ousting people, just need to find something else to do. They really, really really do so that's my take on that um in regards to him doing booster gold i think it'd be really cool in regards to him going somewhere else i think that'd be really cool i'd be curious to see if marvel gets him back after their power with disney pow wow sorry with disney if they bring him back and if he would want to come back after something like that right um you know I don't see him wanting to leave the Guardians if he does have the opportunity to come back to it. I think he will do it and then maybe leave, close out the story that he started with these characters. And the other thing I'm worried about is that 
if he does do the if they do use his script, my guess is they're not going to credit him. Sorry, they're not going to credit him, which is super shitty. If you do the work, you should get the credit. But and and again, this is something that happened ten years ago. Oh, it just drives me insane. So there, there's those are my thoughts on that. Um, and the and both Anthony and Nick had really really good points regarding that. Like I I will not, I can't sit here and say that what they say doesn't fit or I don't understand or I don't acknowledge because they both made really good points. One on the side of clout and some people also mentioned that in the comments. So does he have the clout to do this? Will this make a dent? Will it even matter? Or is this just him going, putting his hands up and beating on his chest, which is something as Nick had mentioned he had done in the WWE. Um, Moving on from there. We talked about, what else did we talk about? What else did we talk about? Um, Sony's doing some stuff. Um, there, there are, there was something mentioned. I don't have it in front of me right now. I'm kind of going off the dome. If you don't know what off the dome is, I'm just coming up with, or I'm just trying to remember the stuff that I was talking about yesterday. Um, that Sony's looking at bringing Spider-Man back like 100% to their side once Avengers 4 is done, um, probably to connect them to the Venom universe. But Sony's also working on their Villains universe, uh, which is, I think, really cool. Spider-Man has a great rogues gallery of villains. I don't know if I could rival that to a Batman, because I think Batman has the best rogues villain, uh, or rogues gallery of villains, sorry. But they're doing our Venom movie, in the trailer it said, there itself, it said, we've had enough superheroes. Venom looks like a pretty badass dude. I'm a little choked they're doing it as a hard PG-13. Just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you. And if it does, well, that's your prerogative. But uh, they're looking at Craven, which is the next one. Craven, the Hunter movie, uh, he's added to the universe uh, films. I believe in Homecoming 2, Hydro Man has been rumored, and we've talked about Jake Gyllenhaal doing Mysterio, which I think are both awesome, 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 awesome uh, characters to have. Hydro Man will be really interesting. I'm more excited for Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, though. Plus, we have Scorpion that's in there. Let's not forget. Vulture is also going to be in there. Michael Keaton. Um, So there might be a lot crammed into that movie. In terms of Sony doing their villain universe, I think if if they try to make sure that they just make each movie good instead of trying to connect things like we've seen in the past other places do, I think they'll be good. Um, I think I mentioned one character. Oh, uh, one of my fantasy picks is um, Matt Damon to play Hammerhead. If you guys ever, if you guys ever see Hammerhead, like a picture of Hammerhead, um, Matt Damon might fit that bill quite well. Uh, he doesn't quite. Uh, he doesn't have the exact aggressive face, but something about his forehead and hammerheads is just really funny. Um, Anthony mentioned bringing back Green Goblin and Doctor o- uh, Octopus, which I think would be awesome. Uh, Carnage, of course, we have those rumors that that's going to be happening. Uh, the guy that played uh, Scorpion, uh, he was the guy in the prison at the end. Um, he's also in Better Call Saul. The, the first two seasons, I'm only up to two seasons. I think he's really good. Be really good. I'd like them to actually do a legitimate Rhino. Uh, I already talked about Hydro Man. Vulture we already have. Chameleon is another rumor. And I think Chameleon would be real cool. Uh, Morlin would be awesome. And I'm just looking. I already said Hammerhead. Shocker, they already showed us. I don't think they're going to go too far into Shocker. Um, those are the main ones. I'm just kind of looking around. Oh, Kingpin. If they do a Kingpin, I really hope they bring Vincent D'Onofrio from the TV world. I know he's that's Marvel, and I know Sony's doing Sony, but if they could make a deal to get Spider-Man over to the MCU, they can get Vincent D'Onofrio to keep doing Kingpin against Spider-Man. I think that would be awesome. The argument could also be, does that mean the Defenders get in there? I don't know. I mean, they're bringing the X-Men in, and they're going to have them cross over at one point, so... They're going to do something. Who knows? We just hope it's not too late. And by we, I mean me. Um, What else we got? Uh, oh, Silk would be another one. Um, Silk is a really cool badass. She's a villain, if I remember correctly, or kind of one of those in-between things, very similar to a um, uh, Catwoman uh, from the Batman universe. I think that'd be awesome. And I think, uh, I don't know who should play her. I have no idea. I'm not sure. Um... 
There was something that was brought up. My brother brought it up. Uh, my brother brought up or messaged me because he knows I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of The Witcher. And they're looking at doing The Witcher um, as a TV show, if I remember. And one of the things that they mentioned was one actor or something that they mentioned. Oh, Henry Cavill wants to play Geralt. I don't see it. I really don't see it. I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen. Uh, and if there's anything that I've learned from, or we've all learned from Heath Ledger, we just have to roll with it. And if the person's right for the role, we'll see it when the movie comes. We will have no idea. I mean, most of you can kind of tell when a trailer comes out because once we saw Heath Ledger in that Joker stuff in that first trailer, we were all on board. Jared Leto, not as much. Um, so Henry Cavill, the guy's awesome. I would rather see him as James Bond, which might be a little bit too much. Actually, no, I want Idris Elba to be James Bond, but I'd rather see him as something in the spy realm or a 007 or a villain in 007, uh, which might be too on the nose from this impossible thing. I don't know. I haven't seen the new one yet. So, uh, forgive me, but the Witcher Richard Armitage they, uh, from screenrant.com is saying that he is perfect for Geralt. I have not seen the Hobbit movies. He was the guy in the Hobbit movies. Um, Thorin, as my brother put it. Not a lot of people like the Hobbit movies, but if you like Thorin or if you like certain characters, um, I would be really curious to know if you think. I think he has a pretty good look. Um, there's one the picture that Screen Rant has on there. It looks pretty damn close. But the other thing about Geralt is... It's all in his voice as well. Geralt has a very, very distinct voice, which I can't do. I'm not going to try to do. Um, so that's that's that. Um, oh, we also talked about uh, how Caitlyn Jenner wants to be an MCU villain because she wants to. I don't know why. I mean, everyone wants to get in that superhero train, but it'd be really interesting. And again, same thing. Not for nothing. And I, I've never seen Caitlyn Jenner act. I don't think Caitlyn Jenner can act. Uh, and where I think would be a better fit for Caitlyn Jenner in the MCU, not as a main villain, unless she goes for acting lessons and she is in a couple movies and you're like, wow, she could be really good. Um, is if they do something like they did with Chris Hemsworth's brother, I forget what his name is, not Liam Hemsworth, but the other one where he was Thor in the play reenactment in Thor Ragnarok alongside Matt Damon and Sam Neill, which I think was was one of my favorite parts. That was just hilarious. But if they put Caitlyn Jenner in something like that or, you know, a sidekick or so, like a, um, a, a someone close to the main villain, I think that could work. Because, again, you never can judge unless you see either a first trailer or you see the actual movie itself. That's when you can truly judge. When you actually have enough time to be with that, with the with the character or with the person or the actor being that character for a while and really being able to see how they dive in to that role and really be like, okay, I, I had my doubts, but okay, okay. You can even make that noise. You don't have to. Coffee. Um, oh, by the way, I promise that this is not going to be a regular thing. I'm not going to be sitting in a room by myself drinking coffee and doing a podcast. I need other people here. You can tell. I'm struggling here. Bear with me. Love you guys. Uh, plus, it's really shitty when you wake up and, like, one of your episodes is gone. Oh, my God. It's just, just horrible. Just horrible. Um, we also talked about... Oh, there was a... I lost out, or it was a two-to-one decision between myself, Nick, and Anthony on Batman versus Black Panther. I chose Batman. They chose Black Panther. Um, again, nothing really I can run down by myself. Don't have a real crosstalk. Um, I'm still standing by my answer. I still think Batman has the smarts and also the technology, not saying Black Panther doesn't, um, to do it. If he could beat Superman, which I believe Superman can be Batman or Black Panther... So if Superman can beat Black Panther and Batman can beat Superman, ergo, Batman can beat Black Panther. That's my logic. That's my pattern that I formulated. And by formulated, I didn't formulate shit. Um, because this is, this is not how it works. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Thor's new hammer. So as Infinity War has been rolling out digitally and it'll come out on the 14th of August... 
uh, Blu-rays, 4K, DVDs, all that beautiful stuff. And it's going to look so, so, so good on those 4K TVs, which I do not have because I am broke. It's uh, been told by the Russo brothers a couple things. One, Hulk apparently didn't bitch out after getting beat by Thanos, which most of us believed. He just didn't show up. And I kind of get it now because I forgot about Thor going all Thunder God on him and punching him right in the face where Thor became super, super OP, at least until Captain Marvel shows up and makes everybody look like a weakling, like an Ant-Man without a suit, but still the same size. So an ant. Let's just go with ant. Um, but his hammer doesn't need, doesn't require anybody to be worthy to hold it or to wield it. Wield it is a better, better word to use. Um, which is pretty cool. I'm not saying that we're going to be seeing things like when, uh, in Age of Ultron, where Hawkeye threw Cap Shield when they were at Avengers Tower fighting the first wave of Ultron, uh, or, you know, Winter Soldier and Cap fighting against Iron Man and stuff. I don't see him passing around that thing. Um, I don't know if it's embedded also with his thundering, but I did also in Infinity War when, before him and Cap have the exchange about beards and hair, um, he was just, you know, wielding that thing. So, um, it'll be, I'll be really curious to see if they use that part of it. Uh, I think the argument was how was Groot able to lift it up? Well, it still needs a hammer or a handle. Sorry. Otherwise it's just two pieces. I don't think you need to be wor- worthy to hold two pieces also. And this is one of the proudest moments. I'm getting married in about two and a half weeks to this wonderful, wonderful woman. And she proved how wonderful she was, uh, last night when I was talking to her about Thor or yesterday afternoon about Thor's new hammer not being you know not needing to be worthy and she's like well yeah in the first Thor it was Odin that's that was saying into the hammer whoever is worthy can hold the thing of Thor so uh sweetheart Soph you're the best and you just kind of added added so much nerd cred and geek cred uh, to with that that alone that pull alone so uh yeah she's the best She's really awesome. She's going to be on the show at one point. We're going to figure out, we're going to do a deep dive. One of her favorite films is Gladiator. So um, I think we might end up doing a deep dive on Gladiator or just talking about her favorite movies because, um, yeah, because we can. So um, there was that. What else was there? What else was there? Um, Sorry, long break. Coffee break. We went through Craven. We went through Dave Batista. We talked about the Oscars. Thor's new hammer. Not needing to be worthy. Great. That's all great. That's all fun. That's all dandy. Batman versus Black Panther. Again, I can't really get do justice to the conversation that we had. Um, I can just, you know, give my point and say that I lost out to both of them because, again, it was a two-to-one vote if we were going that way. Uh, naming a star who you would always go and see. This was something I came across um, on Instagram. Someone just... As I'm scrolling through the search, I usually come up with these topics or find these topics, and I say, oh, this would be good to talk about. Um, Star power is going down in Hollywood. There's very few people that could sell a movie on their own. However, us as individuals, we have those stars that are, no matter what they're putting out, we are going to go see. I'm leaning more towards directors as opposed to stars themselves because... That's just the way that, excuse me, that's just the way that I roll. I roll with the directors. If uh, Quentin Tarantino's doing something, I am sure shit can go see it 100%. If Nolan is doing something, the whole world is going to go out and see it. Um, Ryan Coogler now, he's got so much clout in Hollywood. If he does something, I'm going to run and go see it. In terms of actors who I would see no matter what, Nick had said Will Smith. Uh, Anthony really didn't have an answer. Because he doesn't have a star that he would actually follow to the ends of the earth with. Uh, mine, I said a couple, but I forgot a couple. So this gives me an opportunity to add. Obviously, Daniel Day-Lewis, just because it's just one of those things. If Daniel Day-Lewis does something, you're going to go see it. Because it's Daniel Day-Lewis. The guy comes out of hiding every four or five years, makes a movie, gets an Oscar, like we talked about earlier. And just 
that's just the way that he rolls. Um, DiCaprio was one. Also, uh, one of the viewers was mentioning that Arturo Music Man was mentioning Leonardo DiCaprio. He's another one for sure. Um, I'm a big, big, uh, sorry, I'm a big Brad Pitt fan. If I don't consider him as having the most range in general, but if he's going to be in a movie, I'm going to check it out. I don't know why. I've always been a fan of Brad Pitt. Um, who else is there? Who else is there? Oh, I had a big run with Sandra Bullock. I used to, any Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, Margot Robbie for me. If Margot Robbie's in something, I'll see it. Meryl Streep, if she's in something. Kate Blanchett, for sure, if she's in something. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Sorry, I'm just kind of looking. Um, not Charlize Theron, not Angelina Jolie. Not Halle Berry, not Nicole Kidman, although I think they're great. Oh, Kate Winslet. I'll always go see a Kate Winslet movie. Um, I'll see a Jodie Foster movie. I think she's fantastic. Um, Frances McDormand. For some reason, Frances McDormand is one of those people that no one ever thinks of in these conversations, and she puts out a movie, and most of the time, she picks great roles, and that movie does really well, and she's wonderful, just wonderful in it. Um, So in terms of actresses... Uh, those are mine. Tom Cruise kind of is for me because Tom Cruise seems to just make really great just movies to watch. Not great films, not Oscar films, not you like anymore. And even though he's personally, I'm not a huge fan of him at all in terms of his outside of movie life, but you can't help but watch those Mission Impossible movies and just, just really like get engrossed in it. Um... I forget what other name I mentioned. Um, Oh, Sam Rockwell. I mentioned Sam Rockwell. If Sam Rockwell is in the credits in any movie, I am going to go see it. I will for sure see it. Uh, But I want to know what you guys are into. So tweet me at the F words G and let me know which star, female or male or both, if it's a duo or whatever it is, if they put out a movie, doesn't matter what type of movie it is, you're going to run out. And also let me know about directors. Because that'd be great. Scorsese is another one I forgot to mention. He's in my top three. And David Fincher. Those guys, Tarantino, uh, for sure. Tarantino, Scorsese, and Fincher, if they put out a movie, I am going to go see it. Uh, Plus, there's a bunch of other ones. um, Just the way that it rolls. Um, Oh, and I introduced something new this week. um, And it's probably one of the stupidest, yet funniest to me, ideas ever. And it is technically my podcast. And... um, we introduced, and I forget what Nick's answer was to this. I call this, wait for it. I don't know if you got that. That was the screaming goat from YouTube, which they brilliantly put into the Taylor Swift thing probably about four or five years ago, maybe longer. But the screaming goat pick of the week. There's a lot of people I've talked to that haven't seen a lot of movies. Nick has not seen a lot of movies. Uh, I've talked about Fight Club to death for the past two episodes. Um, I'm still talking about Fight Club. I've had this new resurgence of wanting to talk about it all the time. I'm just rediscovering that movie a different way as a 30-year-old. Um, but my pick this week is American History X. Uh, Edward Norton, which I mentioned, who played the Hulk, but he's been in so many other better, better movies. He was a premier actor. I still think he's a premier actor, but he's kind of done some stuff on the side, in the back. You know, he's very controlling about a lot of things, and he just hasn't been getting the work that he used to get. And so, if you want to see a performance, if you want to see a great, wonderfully put together movie, a movie that I would, it's all, is very close to being in my top 10. American History X is one that you should watch. Um, And I also think it speaks a lot with what's going on today with all these different movements going on because, yes, the Me Too and and Time's Up movement is in the forefront and should be in the forefront. And there has been so many things that have gone on through the history of the world. But racism is still around and it is the worst thing. I believe it is the worst thing. Um, And American History X touches on that um the only thing i can tell you is that edward norton plays um i guess a neo-nazi in the time of when the movie came out i forget i think it was like 2000 2001 something like that 
That was my pick. Anthony picked uh, Awesome Powers International Man of Mystery. And Nick, I don't remember what he picked, but I know one of his favorite movies is Hitch. Um, he just cracks up when he watches it. And Will Smith is one of his favorites. And I'll admit, I watch it from time. I watch it often. Like, it's just a fun movie that I like to put on. I like to watch. And so those were our Screaming Goat. And here comes the Screaming Goat one more time because it is, it is hilarious. picks of the week so if you get a chance um find out a way to find these movies whether you need to buy them borrow them or you know whatever you want to do you do you boo boo uh those are our picks of the week we're gonna try to make it better i mean this is just something i just came up with as we were doing it because for some reason the screaming goat has been a part of my life for a good chunk of the week um and yeah that was that was it. So, uh, I actually ran for fifty minutes, and most of you are probably tired of hearing me by now. Uh, I apologize. This won't be happening often. Um, I don't know if we're going to be taking a hiatus next week or not. I'll be out of town, but we'll see if we can do one earlier. It's going to be really tough for scheduling. So that's that. I might try to fit in a deep dive, another deep dive with somebody else, maybe even Soph, hopefully. And uh, yeah, so. Thank you so much for being patient with me. I apologize that I couldn't bring you the program that I had originally. It was a lot of fun with those guys. It was the moment that we finally clicked in terms of the podcast and it just, just the way that everything flowed. And I'm super, super depressed, but I needed to bring something out for you guys to have. So thank you so much for your patience. I promise I'll bring something better next week and we'll keep getting better and better. And I hope this never happens again. So you don't have to listen to me for 50 minutes. You can find me on Twitter at the F word G. You can email us at the F word podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're following entertain facts. Uh, make sure you're telling your friends. If you like the show, if you like the program, tell your friends, they can listen all over the place. Uh, we're on anchor Podbean, Spotify, Apple podcasts, all those places. Um, and so, yeah, again, thank you so much. We're also on Twitch, uh, at the F word, a lot of the Twitch stuff, a lot of Fortnite stuff, obviously right now, because that is one of the most popular things. And, uh, I've actually started playing it. I'm really terrible, terrible at it. So, Until next time, thank you so much again for your patience. I'm G, love you guys, and I am out.